This is the Five Point Play Podcast, the Don Duke Basketball Fans Podcast. You know, AC, I see it every year. At one point, I see it every year, if there are any left. Because at some point, we're going to lose a couple games in a row, and then the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. And then you, get the, then you get the two factions, right? You get the sunshine pumpers, and <laughs> fire the coach, the season's over. And I just want everybody to listen real quick. We're, we're nowhere near either one of those extremes. Yeah. We've got a lot of problems. We're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is that I'm sick and tired of the last 10 years as a fan. AC, you and I met on a message board, Duke message board, where we're talking Duke hoops. And you got a lot of diehard fans in there. And that's kind of where we started. And yep. for the last 10 years, it is Duke peaks in November, in December. And then mm-hmm. we crash in February, early March, and then we have an early flameout. Let's disregard the Elite Eights because we didn't get to the Final Four. It is Final Four or bust. It's title or bust. That's what, yeah. that's what sports has become. Sports is a roller coaster ride. We all know that. But that's what it has become in 2023. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that for the last five to ten years anyway. At so, least. you know what I mean? So, here's what I want everybody to know is that if you are in the camp, of this team's done, if Shire needs to be fired, if he doesn't have what it takes, then that's it for you, you're out. If you're on the other side, everything's great, then you should listen to this podcast and we're not going to make you real happy. We're going to tell you exactly how it is. We're going to break it down next season knows. We're going to break it down for every single player this year. We're going to break it down for what John needs to do, not only from the X's and O's, but we're going to get it down to what he needs to do to get this team back because you all saw the Trilly tweet. We don't have to you know, pretend it didn't exist. The Trilly tweet where he talked about that there are internal factions within the Duke program. We all know that that may be the case. I'm sure it didn't come from nowhere. He probably has some sort of source. I haven't heard that, but, you know, I watch how they play on the court and I see that there's clearly some, some shit going on. But I also realized that it's December 6th we got a lot of shit, you know, that we can fix. And we got a lot of talent on this team. So if you're if you're with us, stay with us. If you're not, get out. That's fine. But AC, real quick, it was just you and me the other night in terms of the Georgia Tech preview going down to Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, talk about that loss. So I'll give you the first crack at this thing. Let's talk about the Georgia Tech game real quick. Let's talk about what went wrong and obviously, we'll talk about Tyrese Proctor and his injury. And we'll get into rotations and the roles and, and, and what's going to change now that he's out for probably at minimum four weeks, probably closer to eight. Mm-hmm. Might be falling somewhere in the middle. But I'll give you the first kind of crack at, you know, what happened there at Georgia Tech. It was a little bit surprising from the standpoint that we didn't win the game. But the game almost kind of went the way we predicted it. I mean, it did and didn't, right? We were wrong. I mean, I, I said we that we won by double we, digits we for win. sure. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, what went wrong? Everything. Everything went wrong. Injuries. Technical fouls into the game. Bad coaching. Bad play. Bad this. Bad that. Actually, honestly, the, one of the few things we didn't do was turn the ball over, quite honestly. And yes. we scored a bunch of points off turnovers. That was awesome. Like, some some positives to look at there. But outside of that, like, we, we allowed a team that we knew, like, 
yeah, the cliche of we're going to go play this team and it's their Super Bowl. So they're, they normally shoot 15% from three. And tonight they're going to shoot 89% from three. The reason that came true is because we allowed D1 shooters to sit around and shoot. Like, that's the reason that came true. Like, it's, it's, there's no, it's not a Duke curse. It's not this and that. Like, we allowed them to, to settle into their game. So, and, and John said it after the game. He said, we need to start better. All right. What does that look like? What does that mean? I mean, in the past, with some of Coach K's better teams, starting the game out strong meant you just went out and imposed your will. You went out and gave the ball to your best players early on on offense. You let them score. On defense, you trapped them. You did all the things you need to do to shut down what they want to do. And, and you forced their hand on 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 defense early from your side. And then that turned turned into either turnovers or rebounds or things for you to score on the other end. Like Those are the things we aren't doing this year. And, th- and this is the reason why I said that I feel like John is overcoaching a little bit is because I feel like he's trying to play chess when he doesn't need to play chess. He could just play Mario Kart. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no need sometimes for him to, to kind of play peace, peace here, peace there and match what you're doing and see what you're doing to, to kind of let things, things happen. Like you can, we can dictate, like we have the talent to dictate. So I'm, I'd be interested to see if after his comments, after Tyrese goes down, you know, getting, getting Caleb into the starting lineup and all that stuff. I, I'd be interested to see against Charlotte and against Hofstra if, if we take a more proactive approach early in the game and and try to dictate a little bit more as opposed to let them take their shot and then we match it. Yeah, I think that's probably a great way to kind of transition there because I thought at one point, Pablo, I want to jump in here with you, that I thought that there was a lot of times, and especially in the second half, where John's calling out plays and pointing to where players need to go. And players weren't playing naturally. They were looking over to the bench you know, saying, what am I supposed to do now? And then the next thing you know, there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock and you're running a pick and roll with, with Roche and Flip, and that was kind of the game plan. There were other times in that second half where when we did get out in transition, when Caleb Foster did get out there and just kind of attacked on instinct, Mark Mitchell a couple times as well. I'd like to see more of that, but when you're watching that game, just talk about kind of follow-up from what AC said there he's coaching too much and the players are kind of reacting to that. Yeah. So, I mean, just my take on it is I just think that, you know, kind of like what AC said, I mean, we got enough talent to let them hoop. And I think that's one of the things, and I don't, you know, I don't want to bring Kay in here, but that's one of the things that he did is that, you know, he let his best players be the best players. Um, and I think John Shire has done the same thing. Uh, but at times it's just, you know, instead of letting his guys go and, you know, trusting some of the guys, I do think that they kind of look back at him to, you know, to to call every play and and things like that. And I think that shit sucks. But I think, you know, at the same time, I believe he'll correct that. You know, I think that's just what he's used to. Um, He doesn't necessarily have to do it. We we understand that. But credit to Georgia Tech, too, because I think another thing that what people don't understand is that, you know, Damon Stoudemire is a hell of a coach. Yeah. Um, And uh, what he did was if anybody knows what they're looking at when they watch basketball is that he exploited mismatches. And that's just, that's an NBA style. You know what I'm saying? Jameis Stoudemire is an NBA style coach. So he's going to exploit the mismatch. You know what I mean? And that's what he did pretty much all game. You know what I mean? And that's what killed Duke pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll, put flip and pick and roll. Cause they knew it's not that he can't guard the pick and roll. They knew he had, he was in foul trouble. So they knew he would be passive on defense. So they said, if he's going to be passive, we're going to force, we're going to force their hand. 
And they did that over and over and over again. And how many missed assignments did we have? I mean, it seemed like it was happening on every damn play. It was. Um, so, you know, just the thing, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple corrections, you know what I mean? Um, and this is what Shire has always done as a coach, you know what I'm saying, as far as like coaching. So, I mean, we might see the same thing going forward. And maybe it does work. I don't know. But at the end of the day, I know the best players need to show up and they need to play like the best players. And that is the bottom line, man. And then once we do that, you know, we have enough talent on this team to win a national championship. Bottom line. So they have to play like that, man. And that's just that's as simple as that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Jeff. I was going to save you for the end, because I, I know that you got a lot to say on this one. So I just want to get Jack in on, on this one first. Um, Jack, in terms of the Georgia Tech game, um, obviously, exactly what AC and Pablo just said, but are, are there things that you kind of take some positives out of there from, from anything of, of the way we played? Played well without Proctor somewhat. I mean, you know, obviously going down big super early sucks. Um, but I think – I really do think that the rest of the way – like what was it? Duke was down 12 at one point, right? Mm-hmm. It was 15, yeah. 14-30 or something like that in the beginning? 15, it was 30. something like that. 14, I think, yeah, I think – And then again, double digits in the second half. Yep. But like Duke was able to, you know, get that margin closed without Tyrese twice. And that's a good thing because that's we haven't seen like at all this season. It's Duke playing well and you know putting up points without Tyrese Proctor on the floor, getting defensive stops without Tyrese Proctor on the floor. Like at the end of the day, yes, that game sucked. Just I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat it, but the team played well without Proctor, which is a good thing. <laughs> For sure. All right, Steve. So I wanted to give you the last word on on Georgia Tech because I know that there were a lot of things that you know haven't been said yet, and I don't want to even take a spotlight. I want you to just cook. Well, I mean, let's start with some positives. Like AC said, four turnovers. I think it was. That's good. That's good. Yes, they played well without Proctor. They're going to have to learn to play well without Proctor because he's likely out for a good amount of time, right? Um you got to start making shots and it, it's really counterintuitive me to, to me as we wanted to push the ball. We wanted to maximize possessions and now we're get, getting the ball on the rebound and looking to push, but we're slowing it down and looking at the bench to call like these cats have been playing for not only a whole season last year, right? The core, correct. Mm-hmm. The core has been playing for yeah. a whole season that, you know, they played all summer. What what do you do when a recruit comes to town? Who? Yep. Yeah. Fives. And that was probably the best we'll see Duke play unless we see something change. And I I don't want to say anything about John's coaching. I'm not at that level. I'll never be at that level. But I do think at a certain time, you just got to roll the ball out there and let them play. Play your chess match when it comes down to crunch time and you're drawing up something on the board. Now play chess. I mean, real quick, too, real quick, speak on this, D, real quick, on, on John's coaching. Like, it's all right to speak on it because some things aren't working. Like, it, it, it either works or it doesn't work. And there are some things that aren't working with the coaching. And and I'm not even talking X's and O's here. It's like it's clear that the players – we brought this up on Spaces. It's clear the players don't have a feel for the game. Like, Coach K always brought up, 
he always he always used the word verb. He said the players would have a verb and they would become one with the game. And when they became one with the game, he knew that his team was there. Like that that was something from the 2001 team that he just knew that they just they would become one with the game and they won a title off of that. Like with with John's team, it just there's no like we haven't had like good continuity in the first two years with John. Quite honestly, like from start to finish, and I'm not, I'm not saying 40 minutes of this and that. I'm just saying. You can see it a lot of times. Like you, you always heard about the patented Duke run, this and that. We don't have that very often. I feel like with John yet, and I feel like it's some in not again, not about X's and O's. I feel like it's the experience, inexperience factor. I think it's just, I think it, I think as fans, we need to just sit here and roll the punches a little bit with him because I think this is the perfect storm of a young team with a young coach, and okay. I, I think both of those things are happening right now, and and it sucks for a second for us to sit here and watch it, but this is development, like. We we were mad when the team would peak in November, Zion, y'all. Like we were mad when, you know, when we had to switch to a zone, Marvin Bagley squad. Like we were mad about all these things, but and we we're like, oh, I never want to see one and done again. Well, guess what? You don't have one and done now. You have dudes who have come back, and this is a part of it. Like they weren't ready to go pro, and that's what happens when you're not ready to go pro. Then you have mistakes, you have bad habits, you have things that you have to correct, and this is a part of development. So, like, chill. Like, we're good. Like, let's figure this out. He's going to figure this out. The players are going to figure this out. They're good enough to do it. Like, but you know, there's inexperience there, right? Like, you, you know, AC, we talk about the players having that mirror moment. Mm-hmm. Looking, I think John might need to have that look in that mirror moment. Sure. Like, he needs, he needs to find a way to light the fire under these kids. Mm-hmm. Right? And I and it might be, a, and not in these words, but a, you're just a bitch from St. Louis situation. Sure. Right? Right. Sure. Like whatever. How do, whatever we, it takes. how do I? And a good coach does this. A good coach knows when to grab you by the face mask, or or put his arm around you. He mm-hmm. knows how to motivate his players. So he has to find a way to light some sort of fire under these kids, individually and then collectively. I think that he has to find a way to do that. And that's he, not X's and O's. Right. I, I feel like he has to find a way to do that, but I think it's too early for him to do that because I think that. You know, it's easy for a guy like Coach K to do that when you have 40 years and all the accolades that he got, where John has one year and a month and a change. So I don't think that he has the credibility, even though he had it as an assistant coach and had it as a player, I don't think he has that type of credibility with this generation to be able to do that just yet. The other thing I would say to, you know, something that AC pointed out earlier is that I think people have to remember that Last year, in John's first year, he basically brought in an entirely new roster outside of Jeremy Roach. So you're working with absolutely nothing other than one person. Okay, okay you, you can't forget friend of the podcast, Jay Blakes. I remember Jay Blakes. He's on, he's on, he's on my mind friend as well. Of the podcast. Sure, sure, but my point is that you have one guy that actually played real minutes. You know, And that's kind of my point. Yeah, I know Jay Blakes was there. But my point is that, you know, we got to remember what John had to deal with last year and what he was able to do throughout the season. Not only that, but the injuries to Lively, injuries to Whitehead, things that he had to deal with in his first year. Now this year, the expectations are skyrocketed. And you have to, you know, deal with those expectations. It's something that he's never had to deal with as a head coach. These players, outside of Jeremy Roach again, have never had to deal with that. So these are things that are real 
And as much as you want to look at them as excuses, they are real. Now, on the other side of that, though, the my point is, I think it has to come from within the locker room. I think it has to come from one of the players. That's where I think that look in the mirror type shit has to come from. It has to come from a Jeremy, which I was hoping there would be from a Tyrus Proctor, but he's hurt. So who's it going to be? He can still hurt. It's tooth ain't hurting. He can still talk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but it's not like he's playing great either. So like that's why sure, I feel sure. like it has to be a roach or a PK. It's, it's got to come from the guy, the two-year captain. I think so too, but it's that's gotta. who Jeremy Roach is. I don't care if that's who Jeremy Rich is or not. He's got a light of spark. He's the one who's performing more than anyone. He's he was the point guard on a Final Four team. He's gotta he's gotta show up. He's gotta be that guy. He's gotta make everyone else be that guy. You know, Again, I, I know he's much more passive of a leader than than a typical captain. But like, I question this early in the season. Who's got the dog in him on this team? Who will who will get in somebody's face and yell at him and hold him accountable on this team as a player? I don't, I know. don't know. Ryan Young. Ryan Young will do that. He you has can't have that. Ryan Young do it. You can't have Ryan. But he's not the guy to do it. That's the issue. Yeah, why? Well, that's, that's, that's my point. Is like, who is? That's the problem. It's a, it's a great question. I don't think there's enough will in this. I don't think there's enough. It, all of us has, have coached youth basketball at some level, correct? Yes. Coach, scout, what, what have you, at some level. If I have to coach effort and hustle – and 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 we tell the young kids all the time: move without the ball, box out, find a body, shot, find a body. I mean, it's like like Pablo said: it's real simple stuff that it, it, they they just don't do, and they get caught ball watching. They're JJ watching, and and, yeah. and they're waiting for somebody to make a play, and it's Roach usually, right? But there's I mean, nobody. I, I, don't know that, I don't know that it's necessarily a roach, though. I just don't think anybody has any clue what their roles are, and so you're kind of just standing out there. I have no idea what to do. With, with I don't care about roles right this. now. Oh, Throw gosh. X's and O's out. If you're not moving without the ball, and nobody's going, "Hey, man, I need you to cut," nobody will get in your face about it. Not a coach, not a player. We have an issue. I mean, Pablo, speak to this real quick. This reminds yeah, me of John's second team when he was a player. This is like. The development has been happening. And a lot of times you see players who become coaches, especially so early in their career, they will mimic what they went through as a player because that's what they know. And and John knows what he went through with Kay at Duke and the, the development aspect and some of the other things. And there's some differences, obviously, with NIL, with just the social media aspect. There's a bunch of differences outside of the court. But on the court, what I am seeing, I'm seeing a team that doesn't have defined roles. And that, that really reminds me of John's first couple of years at Duke. I mean, Pablo, did, I mean, is that something you experienced as a coach and everything else? I mean, like. Yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, I'll talk about that part, but first, before I say that, and what people got to understand, man, John Shire is just not the type of, like I've had real conversations with John Shire. He is not the type of dude that's going to be like anything like coach K. You know what I'm saying? He is like the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Coach K, he is a very, very nice dude. He, It's not him to just like, like as a player, he was fiery, you know, chippy, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But like as a coach, he doesn't have to do that. You know what I'm saying? I think he's taking a different approach and he's just trying to, you know, reach his guys in a different way. And I think all this is kind of, honestly, I think a little, this is a little overblown just for the simple fact that it's Duke 
and nobody expect him to lose three games in yeah. you know in a month or however long the season has been going. And that, you know, if it's any other team, like because every everybody, every team, you can turn on basketball right now, you're gonna see guys miss box out. You're gonna see guys, you know, that look like they're not playing that hard or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when it's Duke, it's magnified times a hundred, man. Yep. So that's something that you know it just comes with the territory. So if you want to put that jersey on, you gotta know what comes with that. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's part of the reason that they having those struggles because not only are the players trying to navigate, you know, the coaching staff, you know, Shire's trying to navigate mm-hmm. on how to reach these guys on a different level because they're all playing hard. I don't think nobody's yeah. not playing hard. Exactly. They're just making they're just making a ton of mistakes because I think what I see out there is I think I see guys second guessing themselves. Yeah. You know, I really see guys second guessing themselves. They thinking like, okay, we're going to run this. That shit really ain't working. Yeah. Well, it's only, you know what I'm saying? And, and when it doesn't work, they kind of stuck, excuse me, stuck looking around like, mm-hmm. damn, why didn't that dribble handoff work? You know? And then they're looking back at the coach and they're like, it, lo- it looks to me you know? more like, it looks to me a little more like confusion, more less the it's more confusion yeah. than effort, in my opinion. Yeah. It's more confusion than effort. And it would come across though, it would come across as, as not genuine if John comes out and starts yelling at people and throwing chairs. Yeah. Because that's not him. Yeah. That's not, that's not who he is. But yeah, but like but like we said at the beginning of this episode, let the players play, right? Let yeah. them play. Roll the and ball. That's out what I mean about confusion. So so if me, if us five went to a basketball court right now and and ran and just ran fives, pick up. Mm-hmm. Would we not move without the ball, or would we just let yeah. whoever brought it across? You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you go back to your habits. I, I but mean, at, that's at this basketball, point, right? Exactly. You can't exactly. be confused if I, if we're saying let let them roll the ball out there and play like they did in the summertime, which is what people we're, used to say K would do, and they were so mad. Right. About that was the other thing I was going to bring up. <laughs> well, well, we're no, not. I'm not about, talking about you, D. I'm okay. talking about other people. I'm no, talking, but that's in general. Yeah. That was the cliche. Yeah. That, that was the knock. But we can't keep talking about what Kay would do or what exactly, like exactly that's done. We're, exactly. All right, this is John. So if we're talking about let these dudes play, that's basketball, man. Move yeah. without the ball, and 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 when I say effort, I don't mean that they're not out here trying to win. That's not what I'm saying. No, no. I, I mean if you no, understand somebody dribble for you know 25 seconds and then throw up a shot, that's not basketball. Right. And, and my point of bringing. K up was not to say not to compare John with K. My point of bringing K up is that the hypocrisy of we hated what K did at the end of his career because it was let roll the ball out and let him play. But now we're like, I wish we had what K had because he let him (laughs) play and he let his talent do what his talent does. And yeah, I mean, like it's just the hypocrisy of it. Like this is development. This is development. It's the ultimate. It's the ultimate hindsight 2020. And I'm just gonna forget every single thing I said. The years prior, and you don't even have to look back to K. You can look back to last year, where people were dogging Whitehead, dogging Derek Lively, and now all of a sudden they were the greatest thing of all time, and that's the reason we're losing because we don't have them. Yep. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about with in terms of the fan base and a lot of the critiques. Yeah. So that's why I want to break it down. I like what Pablo had to say there, Mm -hmm. in terms of yeah, John is not K. He's not that type of dude. So let's kind of break it down a little further than Pablo and talk about, obviously, yes, movement, and it's not about X's and O's, but what can he do to kind of reel this team back in and get the buy-in back? Because if, if the rumors are true, let's just say that they are, right? 
They're not. Right. I, 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 I was almost like, they're not. They're not. Well, right. But let's just, dramatic, let's just say that they were, right? That, that there is division among the team. That is a faction between the older guys and the younger Whatever it is. Whatever the bullshit is. What can John do as a coach to be like, okay, let's remind everybody of what our, our focus is coming into the year. Because we knew we would face adversity at some point. This just happened a little bit earlier. So what can he yeah. do? So what he he could do is, I mean, he's just challenge these guys individually, you know what I mean? Just challenge them, you know what I mean? And just remind them who they are and why they're at Duke. You know what I mean? Everybody doesn't get a scholarship to Duke. You know what I mean? This is the best of the best. This there, I mean, there's like literally no other school that can compare basketball wise, tradition, history, anything with the exception of, you know, lately Kentucky, mm-hmm. but we're still, above Kentucky if you ask me so just remind these guys you know what I mean this is this is something special you know what I mean they got a chance to do something special so they got he got to challenge these guys you know in his like his way of challenging guys he's not gonna say hey you're you know soft ass kid from St. Louis that's not him he's just gonna talk to him he's gonna tell him what it is hey this is what I see this is what I think you can be this is what I think you should do you know take it or leave it you know what I'm saying but if you leave it I got another guy that's gonna come in that, that's yeah, I mean, what I mean by he's got to find a way to in hit whatever his way is. He has mm-hmm. to find a way to motivate these kids. And yeah, it might not, yeah. it, obviously it's not going to be calling them out like Kate yeah. did to, to, to uh, Jason, but, but that co- good coaches know how to motivate their kids. Yeah. But right? I, they, they do, but you have to understand as well though. Right. So, but you know, I, my point is, he's learning on the fly. Like he's developing as a coach, that just like these point. these cats. That was gonna developed. be my point. My bad. That was gonna be my point. <laughs> so like when I coached, it was easy for me. I spent, I have so much leadership time in the military. It translates. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? John Shire went from player to assistant to coach. You know what I'm saying? So that don't always translate, man. It takes. You know what I mean? He's got to find his niche. You know what I'm saying? And he's, you know, he's going to be all right, man. Like, I, I trust him. I, I think he's doing a fantastic job, you know what I mean, for what it's worth. And they're going to bounce back, bro. Like, I don't think losing three games is the end of the world. It's not. We got, what, 27 more to go? You know what I'm saying? 25 to go or some shit like that. We and good, to, you know what I'm saying? And, and for, the, for people that want to question everything, if they don't want to, you know, if they don't want to be a part of the Duke program and the fan base or whatever, just go to cheer for another team. It's cool. Yeah. They don't need Demo. you. Them aside, it, I've said a many a time, AC, you've heard me say this. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be easy to win on the road in the ACC. Yeah, facts. It exactly. shouldn't be. And, and, and if you watch Georgia Tech, you can't tell me that's not a good basketball team. That's a good basketball team. That's a damn good <laughs> basketball team. At the very least, at the very least it's a good coach. coach. It's a good coach that has a good system that can make his players yes. work. Georgia Tech, like, I look at, like Georgia Tech got smoked yesterday. They got smoked yesterday by Georgia, who is not a good basketball team. I mean, and, but it, it's again, it's a D1 basketball team, a power five D, a basketball team. It's not like Georgia Tech is going to be a, a national championship contender. They're still a D1 squad. If you go to their house and let them do what they want to do, you're going to lose the game. That's bottom line. Like you have to dictate. And and to bring up something that Pablo brought up, because I was it was an analogy I was going to make it, as, as a like I'm a newly promoted, like, you know, only within a couple of years, promoted lieutenant in the fire department. I am I'm an officer in the fire department now. And one of the things you see a lot of times happen to people is they they overstep when when they're new. They overstep. They they and I know you saw yeah. this in the military, Pablo. They, they want to be whatever the general is. That's what they want to be. And, mm-hmm. and they overstep. And 
sometimes you just let your people cook. You let your people do yeah. what they do. And the place I'm at is, is it's we have a bunch of young go getters and stuff. And all my my job is to just organize them and make sure that they don't do something stupid that's gonna get them get them killed. But they're so good yes. at what they do. I also can't hold them back. Like even though yes. I'm new at what I'm doing, like. I'm not out here to, to flex my muscle and pardon my expression. I'm not going to put my dick on the table. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to organize you oh. all. No, no fault. I'm here to make sure that you don't die and you go home to your crit, your family and stuff. And it's the same thing with basketball, man. God damn yeah. y'all. Yeah. Come on. Man. No, I mean, you absolutely. But I'm just saying, right, man, like you just right. you let you at, at some point you let the dudes do what they do. At some point, yeah. you let them do what they do, and that—that's part of experience, man. And and it's so hard because John is under such a magnifying glass, but he has a cushion because he he got signed, and, and you saw what he did at the end of that game. In order to win that game, he put Mark on the block, he put Flip out on the perimeter, he put TJ Power in the game. He did all these things that we say as fans we want to see. He did those things. It's not because of you, I promise you. It's not because of you, Twitter. <laughs> it's because he's a good coach. And John, minutes. Right, he listens to me. He listened to me finally, John. Listen to me. We're gonna see that all over Twitter when we start winning games in January, February. By the way, I just but I guess, spoiler alert. But, AC, but I also don't think he drew up that play and said, "Now everybody stand still." No, no, you don't say everybody stand still, but you say drop the ball. And, right, 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 right. Yeah, and and those things I think can be ironed out with time, and I think they will be ironed out with time. However, when the game was on the line. I feel like the players were in the right spots to win the game. Yeah. It's just that circumstances led to us not winning the game at the end of that game. It, but we shouldn't have been in that place in the first place. Like to rely on yeah. three minutes at the end of a ball game on the road in the ACC, that's difficult. That's difficult for a young squad with, yeah, with he your gave, point he guard gave, out of the game. He gave the ball to the to the best one on one player on the team. He did. He and, did. And he told him go out there and make a play. It yep. didn't obviously it didn't happen, you know, the way, you know, we wanted it to happen. Sure. And it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But that's what any coach would do. They don't have yep. time. They didn't have time to run no super fancy offense. It's like, hey, go get a bucket. Give, give him the ball. Go, Jeremy, go get a bucket. That's yep. what it was. You know, he fucked it up. You know, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, you know, the most the thing I'm I can say that, you know, that people might overlook as well is that if you don't think that John Shire is having these tough conversations with with the GOAT, you're crazy. You know what I'm saying? If you don't think the GOAT is telling him, John, you need to scale back a little bit. Let these guys be who they are. You're crazy. You know what I'm saying? You're going to see a different team. And just like the little adjustments, even like at the end of the game, you know, they was leaving Mark Mitchell open the whole game. What did Mark Mitchell do at the end of the games? They would leave him open. He would go to the basket. He'd say, fuck it. If you want me to shoot it, I'm not going to shoot it. I'm going to attack you. Yep. You know what I mean? Even though he shouldn't have got that goddamn tech. (laughs) He fucked us. You know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. It's yeah. it's in the past. That's just what that was a he learned. Learn from it. Move on. I'm cool with it though. You, you know, know what, what though? If we lost, if we lose that game, but Mark helped light a fire in his squad the rest of the season, yeah. then so be it. So so be it. A game in but early. Day. I like that shit though. I like I the emotion. See what exactly? D exactly. You know what I'm saying? I think now Mark Mitchell absolutely knows what the fuck he need to do. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Get to the fucking rim. They gonna they gonna sag off you. Fucking run the ball. All pause. Run the ball down their throat. Pause. And and one you know and one saying? of the and one of the biggest motivators is success. Success is one yeah. of the biggest motivators. If you're not a coach that can yell at everybody and talk about their mama and all the other stuff and and, mm-hmm. and and throw a basketball at somebody's face, if you're not that guy, one of your biggest motivators is success. And if you can show your guys success, they will be motivated to do anything that you want them to do. 
I think we need to chill on the you have to scream at somebody to motivate them. No, That's no, no, D, D, you don't, don't need to. D, don't lean into no, that part of my statement. Lean into the part of my statement of get them into successful positions. That's the part of my statement that's important. Mark Mitchell on the block dunking on cats' heads. Yeah. Kyle Filipowski running the, the pick and roll with Jeremy Roach. TJ Power shooting threes in good spots. That's the point of my statement. I'm not yeah. leaning into what we said before about all the other shit. Don't don't focus on that. Like not you, D. I'm just talking about people in general. Don't focus on that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the success aspect. I'm talking I about the success part. I think the guess I just want to quickly if interject if I may. Yeah. People worried about those three losses. First off, yeah, it's it's early as hell. I know it's December now. November turns into December, turns into January, turns into February, turns into March. But, like, it's early. This team is very much still figuring themselves out. But here's the biggest thing. UConn went 3-6 and six over a nine-game stretch last January. And they won one the national shit. championship. It's one of the most dominant runs ever. Yep. Also, UConn Facts. looks great right now. I'll watch them flame out. Watch, too. watch it. Watch it. I, yeah, I would not be shocked. Happen. I promise it's going to happen. I would not be shocked. I promise. But it, you, it, know, it, you guys see my point right there, right? Like, we're, we're in a spot. We're in a spot where, yeah, Duke's struggling. Okay. Duke can struggle and still be one of the best teams in the country at the end of the day. I'm not worried yet. And even if Duke goes on a stretch like that, I'm not worried because when it comes down to it, they're going to show up. Yeah, uh, yeah, eventually it's going to happen, and I think that that you know this discussion has been great because it allows everybody to get a lot of things off their chest. But at the at the end of the day, what is going on behind the scenes in the locker room? I guarantee you, John Shire is having a conversation with Coach K because he always does anyway. We already know that, and we also know that that is going to help John. And we also know that John is smart enough; he's a great competitor. And he understands who his teams are. He's, he's recruited each and every one of these players. It's not like these are holdover from K outside of Jeremy Roach and friend of the friend of the podcast. But to be fair, like friend of the podcast was recruited specifically by John Shire. So those are real things, real relationships that he has. He knows what it takes to motivate these guys, and, and I'm fine with that. But we do want we, we want to move on a little bit, and before we get into kind of rotations and roles. I want to jump in real quick, Jack, to you, to uh, Tyrese Proctor, give us an update on on where he is, and then we'll move on to, you know, talking about rotations. Yeah, so um, Proctor has a sprained ankle. Shire uh, confirmed that uh, earlier today. Um, severity not necessarily known. Um, it sounds like, just based on what John said, it sounds like he's going to try to work back as quick as he can. Like, it sounds like he's already trying to work back right now, which is great. Um, obviously, we want Proc to be healthy as he can be before making a return to the court. But, you know, there. I, at first I was hearing, like, there's a real chance he's not playing until February. So I'm, I'm grateful that that's not the case. Um, I am going to say he might miss the Baylor game, which would not be optimal. But, you know, recover. That's what matters. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we didn't see him before the new year, but as of right now, it's not incredibly long term. It's not season ending, and that's that's what matters. Yeah, uh, AC always are the one to look at the schedule and kind of predict these things. Um, to me, it kind of looks like maybe that you know Georgia Tech game, ironically enough, on the thirteenth of 
uh, of January, that might be a game that we could potentially see him back if not earlier. Yeah, I mean it's it's an ankle sprain, right? So let's let's go both ways with it. Like let's talk about if it's just a low ankle sprain, you're talking about through the end of the month into early January. So that you know that might be Notre Dame or Syracuse on the road. Like it, some one of the factors too is how much practice time do you have to get them back and acclimated and and get them comfortable with with the ankle and 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 confident in the ankle. It's going to be hard after January starts because you got games on January second, the sixth, the ninth, thirteenth, like. You only got three or four days in between. Then you got a week break from Georgia Tech to Pittsburgh. So that, you know, low ankle sprain, you you could see him coming back maybe in early January. But if Caleb Foster's playing well in his place or, or somebody else, right, if, if Caleb doesn't play well, Jared's playing well, if somebody is playing well in his place, then you have the luxury of keeping him out a little bit longer. But it, it's going to be Caleb. Like I'm not. I'm not saying anything different. I'm just saying, like, if somebody's playing well in Tyrese's place, you can keep him out a little bit longer and let him get fully healthy. If it's a high ankle sprain, then that's that's the end of January. Like you're not bringing him back before the end of January, but especially because of the volume of games you're playing through that month. So I'm back right in time for the Carolina game. Right. So at, at the very least, it, at the very least, he's back for that in, in early February. So uh, e- either way, we've seen this in the past with with duke teams and and things where a key player goes out a star player goes out and other guys become galvanized because they have to step up into that person's role and and it makes the team a better team because now you have somebody who before was just a role player who now has the mindset of a star but is also back into their old role of being a role player but you have a a star as a role player that's that's a good problem to have so I, I think I think there's a silver lining at the end of this this dirty rainbow that we got here with Tyrese Proctor's ankle injury. Yeah, I, I don't want to say that it's going to be a Conrad Irving situation with Nolan Smith, but no, that's too long. It, I, I think it is. I know, but my point is, I don't. I, I, I think there is something to be said for when you're literally handing the keys over as a point mm-hmm. guard to another player, which will be uh, Kayla Foster. Mm-hmm. If he is out for, let's say he is out till mid-January, that might be okay. If he's out till early February, is that something to be concerned about? No. In terms no. of trying to reintegrate him. No, because he'll come back healthy. Because and... if you think about it real quick, I just want to run through this. Syracuse, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. Georgia Tech, Pittsburgh again, Louisville, Clemson, Virginia Tech. That's eight games mm-hmm. in January. If he's out all January, including the four that we have the rest of this month. That's 12 games. Because you, you still have a month. You still have a month in February to get him back and get him acclimated in team act. The difference with like, Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving came back for the tournament. Sure. That's the, the big difference. Kyrie so, came back in February. Duke wins the national championship. Freshman. Right. The difference with Kyrie Irving, he was a freshman. Like, like, like we said, they've been playing a whole season. They played all yeah. summer. It's basketball, guys. It's basketball. At the core, it's very simple. Yeah. Right. The, I don't the, think it'd be hard at all. You The point the point that I'm making is there's a difference between kind of like a rotational player or even a small forward or something like that versus a point guard where if you're running the team for 12 straight games and right now Duke's not playing well. Right. All of a sudden Caleb Foster has his team playing well and the engine's running well. And we go on a, you know, kind of a 10-2-11-1 run. Now, all of a sudden, Proctor comes back and give him back the keys. Caleb, you're going back to the bench. What does that do to the team? 
No, these are well, things maybe, that are real. There are real questions. Though. Maybe maybe Caleb doesn't go, maybe Caleb doesn't go back to the bench. Maybe Caleb maybe Jared moves to the bench. Spot. I mean that fits. Maybe start, Jeremy Roach moves to the bench. Like there's the fifth, different things. No, 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 no. Jeremy Jeremy's not moving to the bench. I'm talking about no. the fifth starter spot. The fifth starter spot is Jared McCain. Jared McCain goes to the bench. That's who goes to the bench. Yeah. Jared McCain goes to the bench and possibly to the end of the rotation, depending on how things go, and how he how he performs. Like that. That's what happens. Like, it, and and again, like. Yes, like Tyrese Proctor is the point guard, but what does that mean with the squad necessarily? Like Tyrese does get some assists and things, but it's not like he's he's the point guard, the old school point guard, pounding the ball into the floor, makes the pass, tells everybody where to go, gets the ball back, pounds it into the floor, and then you know what I mean. Like this team is predicated on some some movement based on actions and reactions from the defense here and there, quick hitters. That's what this team has been so far, and that's kind of what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is that. There's been some overcoaches. I don't think I don't think this team in particular has gotten the true Tyrese Proctor experience yet, and that's no. why I don't feel like if Tyrese comes back in February, it hurts the squad because you still have all of February and the beginning of March to get him him and the team back acclimated with each other with whatever the new shit is that they're doing. All right, so let's get into uh, rotations and roles. Then Pablo, obviously, we just talked about a Tyrese is out for an extended period of time. Kind of go through what you would like to see. Obviously, we kind of all expect here that Caleb Foster is going to be handed the keys. So, outside of that, what do you kind of see from starting rotation? And then, what does John ask of each player to be, hey, this is your role now. This is what we're, we're asking you to do. Yeah, I think uh, it just comes down to you just going to ask everybody to step up. I mean, everybody's going to have to step up. Obviously, Caleb, you know what I'm saying? It's his time. Um, you know, he started to, you know, play more. He's playing well. Uh, he just needs to shoot the ball a little better. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, he's doing what he's supposed to do. Uh, and I, I like, you know, the potential of him, you know, being that, that starter while, while Tyrese is out. I think, you know, he's going to put a ton of pressure on the rim, which, which Duke needs. Um, I think him and Jeremy is probably the only ones that's really doing that on a, a consistent basis. Um, I see more minutes for TJ Power for sure. And, um I'm not so sure uh, about Sean Stewart. I'm really not sure. I think, uh, you know, we'll still see the same rotation of guys playing, but I do see power playing a lot more just because of the skill set that he brings. Duke, I think Shire understands that he needs the shooting to be able to space the floor a little bit. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm hoping, you know what I mean, that some guys could get some more time. Um, I just don't know what's up with Reeves. I just don't see it. I just don't foresee him playing too much more, but – um, really just Sean Stewart, man. Uh, I would Not like to see him get more minutes, but yes, I just Lord. don't, yes, Lord. I don't, I don't, I don't see it happening, man. I just don't see it happening. Just and, for, and I don't get know, things they want to do. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, before we get to D I'll keep it with you here, Pablo. Like, why do you not see the Sean Stewart thing? I'm with you on the race thing. I, I wanted to, I want to stick to my prediction before the year saying end of January, early February for Reeves. But I'm I'm just not seeing it, and I, I think that John's kind of showing that. But in terms of Sean Stewart, that's the guy that <coughs> all the players are clamoring for. You do see a lot of good things here and there from him. Obviously, the athletic thing is pretty obvious. But what what are you seeing to make you say, you know what, I'm just not sure about him? Um, it's not so much of I just don't think for the rotations that Shire throws out there, as far as like like the type of guys he has out there. He's just not fitting right now. You know, I know he could come in and, you know, he give you a little spark here and there, but 
it's just when he's out there, he just seems a little a little too wild at times. You know what I mean? He just doesn't really understand, like, uh, you know, his, his role. You know what I mean? He doesn't understand his role. We, we talked about this right after CTC out in front of camera and all of us. Like, yeah. right? We talked about yeah. this. We were like, it's going to be hard to see him get minutes because somebody like somebody that young yeah. not having a role defined for them. Everybody, like, at, 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 at Countdown to Craziness, it felt like everybody had a role. Felt like Christian mm-hmm. Reeves was the dunker spot guy and, and the block guy. Felt like Kyle was the do it all guy. Felt like Jeremy had his role. Felt like Tyrese had his role. Everybody had their role except for Sean Stewart. And he looked out of control and wild and out of position because of that. And and yeah. to to think something's gonna change midseason, like it takes a really special player to to make a change like that midseason and and suddenly Absolutely. have that that flip switch. And not to say he can't, and not to say that can't happen for him. It's just unlikely. It's just yeah. unlikely. That's all. I think the biggest thing with him is that John Shire's got to be able to trust him on defense. That's the thing. I don't, th- I don't, I don't think he's there yet. Um, I'm not even really concerned with the offense. You know, no, what I'm it's a, it's a big gamble think, for John. Like I think he could thrive yeah. if John takes that gamble. I, I if John think takes he, that gamble. I think he could thrive. I think you take the pros with the cons with John Stewart. To be quite honest, yeah. Man. Like seriously, he does. He he has such a high motor and does so much, like positive things on the offensive side of the ball. Yep. I'll take the pros with the cons on the defensive oh, side. Dang. I really will. Like I think and and people well he's got to get better. Well he's he needs more playing time to get better quite honestly. Like yeah but let me ask you this D you can let only do so this. much in practice you need more PT but let me ask you this right so what what does he do that the guys that are playing in front of him what does he do better than those guys or what does he do can he do what they do uh, in an extended role? Can he rebound no. like them? Can he defend like them? Um, can he make shots consistently like them? Can he attack the rim like them? Uh, I'm not sure, man. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't see it. You know, can he guard multiple multiple positions like like Mark Mitchell? I mean, can, can he do all those things? Can he? Yes. But like I said, we're throwing defense about. We're, we're throwing defense out of it, right? I'll, no, I'll no. I'm just no. It. I'm, I, that's I, I think know, that's no, after D, let me get there. in on this. Let me let me get in on that question. I said, I'll, t- I'll take the lapses on defense with the positives on offense. Did I say better? No, I don't. I didn't say he could do it better yeah. than person X, Y, or Z. But yeah. do, do I do I think he has a, a high motor? Do I think he yeah, sees yeah, the yes. ball off the rim well? Does he move well? <laughs> with the Absolutely. I think he does a lot of positive things on this team, kind of like. Let's call it the dirty work, right? Let's say mm-hmm. the dirty work. Yeah. That only him and Mark Mitchell really seem to want to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. But I like I said, I think the biggest thing is being able to trust him on defense because I think John Shire is more of a defensive-minded guy at this point than he is anything else. And I think he's still evolving as far as an offensive coach, obviously. Um, but you, I mean, can you? I, I don't know, man. I just don't know if you can trust him on defense. And I'm not, you know, obviously I'm a Sean Stewart fan. We all know that, but sure. I just don't know. We all are. If you know, what I'm saying, if you can just switch that, if you can, you can you like he's not doing enough on offense to be able to sacrifice defense. You know what I'm saying? Like That's it just fair. doesn't make any sense. If he was coming yeah. in there and scoring 10, 12 a game, I say, all right, D, I feel you. You know what I'm saying? Like keep him in the game, let him do his thing. What, but if he's scoring 10, 12 a game and he's well, getting what are his minutes per game right now? To, to Pablo's I, point, though, why you look at like up? Well, why yeah, you look up? I'd love to know you, his plus minus. What I'm saying is, I, 
so while you look at the minutes per game, though, I think the Pablo is poor, and I'm with you on that. Not only is, you know, I, I just don't know what you do with him on offense, though. It's not like you're throwing him the rock. It's not really a position for him. You're just kind of there to clean AC. shit up. AC, you got something there? But like, yeah, yeah I, I do. Mean, I, I actually do have something there. Yeah. You you can you can you can feed him lobs. You can feed him that Coach K play that they that John still. Yeah, what runs do you do with him with, with with Mark Mitchell? That's on point. He's like, is, no, is no, 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 no. Wait, one wait, or the wait, other? Wait, or you play wait, both. It's I'm not saying play Sean. No. I'm not saying play Sean thirty minutes a game. They're saying <laughs> play him 10, 10, 10 minutes yeah. a game. 10, 10 minutes of his athleticism. And that. and in key spots against pick and roll defense because he's a good secondary defender. He's not a good primary defender in the block. He's one of those dudes that will come off and throw your shit into the stands from that secondary position. He's going to leave his man to do it. And so you put him on somebody who's not going to hit you with that three-point shot, but you let him run in there and, and throw somebody's stuff into the stands off that pick and roll like we saw over and over and over again against Georgia Tech. That's where he can make a difference offensively. He can make a difference on the baseline out of bounds plays that John wants to run where he can catch the lob. Like, that's the old Gerald Henderson play, the old Mason Plumlee play. He can run that. You can give him you, those. You can give him this, those same lobs, right? Like that's a possibility. I got you. And it's for for small spurts. Again, small spurts. The he athleticism sometimes is worth the the leaving a man or whatever else that we're talking about here because he does do that. He he does. He's out of position a lot of times. So, so why is TJ Power his production? Got, his production okay, no, no, wait, 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 is let, crazy. No, let me hear you, Pablo. So why is TJ Power playing more than him? Because his three point shot right now is way his three point shot right now has been way more important than Sean's athleticism, and that's that's the thing you weigh. Uh, but, but no, 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 throw your hands My up. Cool. But there you but, go. but still, no, no, no. I, I know ball. I know ball. Like, don't let's not question this. I know ball. We know ball in this podcast. That was the answer. I was can, can we not have both of those things exist? Well, can, here's can the Sean get a couple yeah. minutes? Because TJ Power should be getting Jared McCain's minutes, in my opinion. Thank you. Because you're asking Jared McCain to do the same thing TJ Power's I'm, doing. I'm with you on that. Three. I'm with so you on that. Let me, let me finish real quick. You're asking Jared McCain and TJ Power to do the same thing here and now. Like, that's that's their role. TJ Power's role and Sean Seward's role are very different. And that's my point. You can have those two on the floor and coexist. Do I think that Christian Reeves would probably get more time than Sean Stewart to end the season? I do because I think Christian Reeves has been in the program and his role is well more defined than Sean Stewart right now, which is be the big seven foot one dude. You can stand down low. We can throw the ball to you and they're not going to play the taco fall defense. If you have Christian Reeves in the right spots on the floor, they can't yeah. play taco defense on him. So, yeah. so Christian Reeves, in my opinion, could, could, because his role is more defined, could get more minutes than Sean Stewart to end the season. We talked about this. We talked about this before after CTC ended. I was what brought this up, which was Sean Stewart doesn't have a role. I don't think he's going to play a lot this year. I think I think yeah. guaranteeing I minutes for Sean Stewart is going to be very aggressive. I think you were you were you were more accurate on that than I think most people wanted to give you credit for. I do want to bring Jack in on this. Um, I just really quickly had- before TK before you say anything. Stewart is plus 14 on the season as a whole. He gets, He's getting eight minutes per game. He's plus 1.75 per game. And 11 of that 14 was one game. So in the cool. other seven games, he's plus three. And where is that, you know, in terms of the roster, mm. where is that? Um, that I don't know because I had to manually the calculate that. That's, the that's, that's, that's what I mean. Like his, his value per minutes is pretty good. I mean, I yeah. – 
I'll say this: plus minus can be good, but it's really that, in, it's incredibly contextually. Uh, Thank you. It's incredibly context dependent. It is. You're doing well. Lineups you're on the floor with are doing. His oh. stat line per minutes is crazy. Oh yeah, his actual like uh, per minutes stats are insane. Am I, wrong, AC? I, I think that here's the thing: is that if I could to kind of reel this back in just a, just a minute here, I think that. We're we're all kind of in the same ballpark that we we think that Sean Stewart has a lot of valuable characteristics that he can help this team. Yeah. Right now, we're just not sure where exactly his role is, and I'm not even sure he knows what his, his role is. Now, I think that he can guard one through five, yes, but we're not asking him to do that right now. Right. I don't think defensively, we we have enough continuity to know what that's going to look like. And then offensively, I'm just not even sure, you know, and, because because of lineups, AC, real quick, because sure. of lineups, I'm not even sure like we know exactly what his offensive role is going to be. Because like, if it, if it's playing with Mark Mitchell, I kind of would like to see that just to see what it looks like. Um, you know, that would look like something completely different if he's playing with TJ Power or Jared McCain. But mm-hmm. I, I thought actually, to be honest with you, I thought your best point in the whole little monologue there. Was that it's really TJ Power and Jared McCain? Those are really the two interchangeable pieces. Absolutely. And right now, the guy that's shooting better is TJ Powers, mm-hmm. and he gets the money. But why is Jared McCain playing more than him? Um, I don't know. He's kind of like, stuck in. He's stuck in what he started with on the season. This yeah. is the overcoaching part. This is but, where but it could be that, but it could also he's be he understands, he's a better defender. He understands the ceiling too. But TJ's shown some good defense, and quite honestly, like you don't the get points on defense, over, man. Like you gotta score sometimes. The, you don't, the but you don't. He just doesn't have the foot speed necessarily. The defense needs to be overhauled a little bit too. Like I, I like I said yeah, it before on sure. spaces. I, I, I think we see some more zone out of this team. Thank quite you. honestly, in Please. order to maximize what you do on offense, I think we see some more zone because this team on offense has not been maximized whatsoever. And in order and to sacrifice maximum offense with this group for some defense that doesn't exist because you don't have a rim protector like Derek Lively, because you don't have the <laughs> rebounding aspect that we, we are missing clearly on this team. Stewart and you, Mitchell. You need to make sure that your offense is the thing that is humming and the defense yeah. will catch up because overall, no matter what happens, defense wins championships and every other thing, all that other shit, offense wins championships. If you are a good offensive team and you're an efficient offensive team, you will win a title if the other stuff catches up with what you're doing, like you need to make sure that your offense is really good. You and also do not miss so far with good offensive players. Yeah, that's our offense has not been very good. You can't miss 12 free throws and then 10 free throws and then expect to win games. No, it's, it's that's difficult, right? But like the Georgia Tech game, as an example, we missed a bunch of free throws, but we also got a bunch of second chance points off that free throw. So I'll take if we can get the rebound off the free throw, I'll take two points versus one. However, that that's that's a different. The free throw battle is a different battle. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about making sure your offense is good. And our offense has not been good. It just hasn't. No. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's let's wrap this. I tried to keep this thing to 45 minutes, and we're already at 55. That's how it goes. Look, look, look when things aren't going well, that's what happens. You want to get a lot of things off your chest. You want to talk about all the issues that are going on. Pablo is ready for a vacation. I know I, I know that already. <laughs> so let's let's wrap this one up. So we got Charlotte on Saturday, and I'm going to tell you right now, the LVP, the worst part about this game coming up on Saturday at 2.15, 
is that it is going to be on the CW network, the absolute mm. worst fucking network I've ever that seen. It's the Philly me coming out. It, it is so fucking bad. I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm not even going to apologize for my language because it's that <laughs> fucking bad. Not only the camera angles, but the fact that you and I living down here in the triangle, they're caught to the king of queens. Did you the see king that shit? Did you see that right. shit? That did not happen to me. Right before Jeremy in the middle of a timeout, with four minutes to go, tie the game. The whole intro song, unbelievable. The whole so, intro song. I came back to Jeremy Roach missing free throws. <laughs> Duke missed more free throws. Uh, but neither here nor there. So, um, sorry for everybody that has to watch this. Um, I hope that you're actually there. Somebody but got fired uh, for that. Okay, you know they did. Uh, the Charlotte, what are they, 49ers? Yeah, they're the 49ers. 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 Uh, so the 49ers are 5-3 and three AC. I don't know a whole lot about them. Break it down in 30 seconds or less. The only sure. thing you need to know about 49ers, they have a 6'10 guard named Igor Milicic who plays a little bit like Grant Nelson. So that'll be an interesting challenge. It'll be a, a challenge for Mark Mitchell. It'll be a challenge for the defense to see how they handle that. He plays an all-court game. So I'm just interested to see what they do with him. He's he's really good. Shoots a three well at 6'10. Like we're not we're not gonna put Jared McCain on him. So like is this a game where TJ Power starts? Like we've like the most interesting thing about this game is coming off of that loss and coming off the press conference about changes needing to be made, what changes are actually made. That's the most interesting thing about this game. So he he's the most interesting part of this game on the other side. Milicic is they have a good six one guard that runs the point who score he's a scoring point guard. So uh, I mean, let, let's see what our defense does without Tyrese Proctor, who's one of the best defenders in, in the NCAA. And let's see how John approaches not having his point guard and approaches these changes. So the changes that I expect to see are, you know, defensively, do we do something different at zone? Do we play a little bit of zone? Do we do some different stuff there? Do we press more? Who runs point? Is it Jeremy who runs point? Is it Caleb Foster who runs point? Do you let do you gamble on a game against Charlotte? And I would that's what I want to see. Like, do you let Sean Stewart play a few more minutes? Do you put TJ Power in the starting lineup? Let's let's see some gambles. Let's see some some new things because clearly the stuff that you wanted to do in the first eight games ain't working. So I think we see some changes. I think we see some positive changes, and I think you see good players take the onus upon themselves to do good things. So I think we win this game 82 to 67. All right, D, what do you got for a prediction? Yeah, I like what AC said, man. I'm just going to piggyback on it a little bit. I just want to see, you know, basketball at its core is basketball, and I've said it a lot. And uh, if you if you play team basketball, if you play for the dude beside you, if you – like I said, I'm not saying they're not trying hard, but if you just play basketball, get out there and have fun and play basketball, right? Just go have fun. Play basketball. And like you said, AC, I want to see some different lineups, man. This is the chance to work on it. Uh, you're without Proctor. Do do we see McCain sit and, and you start somebody else? I, or, or do you just put Foster in? Like, that's that's a very good question. I'll be interested to see what happens. Um, the target score for me is always 80. 80 81-69. Nice. Uh, nice. Jack. <laughs> Appreciate oh. you. <laughs> um, Orange Jack, what do you got here? Um, I think it's going to be a fun game. Um, 
I think I'm going to enjoy my Saturday and hopefully Sunday a lot more than my last Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Um, Amen. Yeah. Go birds. We got Dallas. We got this. More 49ers Um, this week, Jag. I hate, I hate the term 49er now. Hopefully my team beats the 49ers this week. I'll say that. I want my Saturday to be good. I want my Sunday to be good, but focusing on the Saturday, I think, I think it's going to be good. I think that, uh, that big dude AC was talking about, I, I've looked into him a little. He's going to be a challenge, but you know what? He's a beast. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. I think Duke still wins. I think Duke wins 81-63. to 63. All right, Pablo, what do you got? I got two things for y'all. All right. I mean, there's two things Duke need to do. I ain't making no prediction or nothing. Fucking win and go get Naquan Tomlin. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 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 first, before anybody uh, else gets a chance to say, go get Naquan Tomlin. You, you know what I'm saying? Fine. It's too late. We already got people. The best is up on Twitter. I'm Pablo just saying. Said it first. Pablo, Pablo said it first. Started it, though. Pablo did say it first. It's on, it's on, you want, you it's want, on Twitter You want to elaborate first. that for the, for the people at home that are on our uh, group text? Uh, so, you know, I, I don't know why. He got released from his team or whatever. I mean, I heard a rumor, but I ain't gonna say why here. Because I mean, I don't know. Fight, that right? That was the original suspension. That's, was bar yeah, that's what right? I heard something like a bar fight, and you know, I guess they're, you know, what I mean, suspending him or whatever. And then I guess he, you know, getting kicked out of school or whatever. Yep. But at the end of the day, like the kid is a six ten, six eleven, you know, basically a guard. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. He didn't start playing basketball until very late. Uh, in Harlem, New York kid from the hometown. You know what I mean? From the block. So. Like that's what Duke need, you know what I'm saying? They they need Durham, bro. You, you can fight down here all day. Community college, yeah. Chipola and Florida. Like, real talk, like they, I honestly, like they need to be hitting him up, like now, <laughs> like like right now, yep. like ASAP. Like they should have hit him up yesterday. You know what I'm yep. saying? So, I mean, do you know how much that kid can help Duke? I mean, like it would take a lot of pressure off Flip. I mean, some some people's minutes won't be there. Like a lot of these guys won't be playing, but. You know what I mean? That's that's the piece that we need. I'm not saying like he's like the answer, but he's the answer, if you know what I'm saying. Would he be so, able to play this year if he like, Oh, just gonna ask that. Yeah, he's said, yes. They said he'll he's be graduating in January. Oh, he's so he's, he's immediately eligible? Yeah. He's, he's a grad transfer. He is immediately Ooh. eligible as soon as he matriculates. Yep. Oh, that's what brother. I'm saying. That shit makes sense. Jump off the podcast, get on the horn, see what you can do. Yeah, all right. Go get that um, brother so, ASAP. If you yeah, can play so, in January, get him now. All right. Yep. So I'm going to say 85 65, but I want to move real quick to Hofstra. We got that on Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Speedy. ESPN 2. I don't know shit about Hofstra. Speedy Claxton. It's legend, Speedy Claxton. Bro, they got a good team. They got a good they team. They do. They play fast, bro. They play just like Speedy played in college. Bunch of guards. They got two centers that they roll in with the guards. Every now and again, they throw a five-guard lineup out there because they got a couple six, 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 seven guards that they roll out on the floor. They're a good team, and they're in the CAA. There's a chance that they could make a run in the CAA and get into the tournament with the squad and, and be a noisemaker early in March Madness. I don't think that they win the CAA. It's going to be tough because that conference is actually really good this year, but yeah, they have a good. shot. They, they have a really good shot at it. I think they, I want to say they made it to like the semifinal last year in the CAA or something like that in the tournament. They and, and they bring a lot of those guys back. They lost to Delaware, right? Yeah, and they and they and they brought in a, a transfer too. So they're they're a legit squad. And Speedy is a good coach, man. Like he, 
he just he knows what he knows and he just coaches that way. Like that's it. Like he coaches fast and they play guards. Like it's it's gonna be a good challenge for our defense without Tyrese. So what's the prediction? Oh, man, that one's going to be a closer game, I think, especially coming off uh, Charlotte and with Baylor on the horizon. Give me uh, give me 75 to 65, and I think we'll be down in that game a little bit early. Yeah, Jack, go ahead. So I'm, just, I'm looking at their numbers because, much like UTK, I really do not know a damn thing about Hofstra this year. Um, they got Tyler Thomas, Darlin Stone, Dubar, between the two of them are putting up. 44.1 points per game. So, you know, those that's a 6-3 guard and a 6-8. I mean, he's listed at guard. I assume he plays on the wing. Um, yep. Between the two of them, you know, you shut that down with uh, whoever. I don't know. Jared could probably match up decently with uh, with the 6-3 guard um, who's putting up 25. Not, not to say he'll completely shut him down, but hold him to like 16. That's great. Let me be confident, man. <laughs> I think if you put Jared on that kid early, that's why we will be down. Like, if John does that, that's why we'll be down. Jared no, can no, play no. defense. In my opinion, Jared's I'm tough. Sorry, in my opinion, if, if you put Jared on right, the fine. Put Caleb on him, and you got the size advantage. I have been a Jared apologist from the start and through the summer, and I love Jared, and I think there's better days to come for Jared. I think right now, with not the it. mindset that they're all in and everything right, else, fine. I would not put Caleb put on Jared him. there. That's fine. That's actually a very good point. But – even putting Caleb on him would work. Caleb's got the size. Maybe have Mark go up against that six eight kid, uh, mm-hmm. Dubar, and uh, you know, sitting pretty. I think. I think, like you said, AC, it's going to be a closer one. Uh, I think seventy eight sixty seven. And yeah, I think. I don't know. I mean, Duke might struggle. I mean, they they've been struggling out the gates, so they're probably going to be down at least in the first four, but. That, that should 78, 67. That's my guess. That, that, that should have to change, and I hope it changes yeah. real quick. Thank you, TK. Like, that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to be sitting well, here. I don't either. Well, we, we know Duke's going to struggle out of it. No, fuck that. We, come out here. I said they back. have been. Now we know they will. I'll look at you. If they're I mean? up 12 nothing, I'll be very happy. I understand. I, we all will be. But, like, no. Damn the excuses. We get Tyrese's hurt. Too much talent on this team. Come out here and impose your will. I yeah, think Hofstra's a good basketball team, but get out here and play damn basketball. I think we'll look better against Charlotte than we do against Hofstra, simply because Hofstra is a really good squad, and they offer I that. I, they I, offer I one it. of the they offer one of the problems we have, which is defending straight line drive defense. And I, what I what I think is going to happen is, and this is why I say we'll start out bad early. I think that John will make the switch against Hofstra to play a little bit of like a 3-2 zone or that amoeba zone where you can see it transform from a 2-3 to a 3-2. And I think you see that shut down what Hofstra wants to do because one of the things Speedy likes to do with his squad, drive, and then you either you do that NBA kick to the opposite side or you take it straight to the rack. So if yeah. you can protect your bigs with the zone and you make them shoot standstill threes, which Hofstra doesn't want to shoot, I'm telling you right now they don't want to shoot that, and I think you see that the game turn to a different a different thing, especially in Cameron. That's why I feel like we see something early happen where we're playing that man defense we were accustomed to, and then it switches, and then you see a flip switch. That's that's what I'm saying with that. I want. I mean, I want. May I really quickly just say again? Um, 
they might play slower against Hofstra because Hofstra wants to play fast. You deny them that opportunity, maybe uh-huh. they play a little slower. It looks more like last year's Duke team than this year's Duke team. It's a I possibility. Disagree. I don't disagree. All right, Pablo, I'll give you the last word here. All right, man. So I ain't got no fucking prediction. I'm going to tell you two things what Duke need to do. <laughs> Win the fucking game and go get go get Naquan Tomlin. I'm out. <laughs> All right, so there it is. Um, I, I, I'm with you on this one. I think that enough's enough. Put up or shut up. Shut the fuck up. You're going to win the fucking game. You're going to come to shove. Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? It's time to go out there and win the goddamn game. And do it early. Show who you are. There's one prediction that I've ever made in my life that I stand by more than any other prediction. It was a fucking horse I know nothing about horse It was the end of the Triple Crown, American Pharaoh, and I go, I got a bet from my buddy, and he goes, uh, $100. Either one American Pharaoh, he wants the field. A dummy would be like, give me the field. I said, nah, I don't know shit about horse racing. But I know it's exactly when I see them. Give me a American hero and let me watch him. I'll take the money. And it's time for Duke to be that. It's time to be the superior player, the superior athlete, and go fucking get it. Let's fucking go. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Love it. Let's go Duke. Let's go Duke. Thanks, guys. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, Five Point Play Podcast. Coach P. Call. Be the Duke fan. Jack's got that Duke.mbb. Check us out with that Patreon. Free. It is free. And we're bringing you all the good stuff. We're bringing you the Coach's Corner. We're bringing you the articles. We're bringing you the lives. Check us out, y'all. We're doing work. Five Point Play Podcast. Let's go, Duke. Go, Duke. Go, Duke.